right, if you have your Bibles tonight, we're turning in our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter number 3. The book of Mark, chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading in the 13th verse tonight of Mark, chapter 3. For those of you that get in your Bible and say, you know, like my grandmother, she would, she would get in here and she would write down here and she'd say, you know, D.W. preached on such and such date, you know, and then you'd, you'd, later on, if you preach another message, she'd D.W. on such and such date. And this little old lady one time, she had, and she wrote down, uh, tried, tested, and proved, T.T.P. We looked all through the Bible. I seen all these preachers' names that I recognized, but I said, Grandmother, what is these here, this T.T.P.? She said, I don't know who that is. She said, that's tried, tested, and proved. Amen. I like them kind of messages, don't you? If you're one of those that puts somebody's initials right there, says they've preached it on such and such date, you've been through this verse, these verses a lot, amen? We've preached through these verses 10 times or so, I guess now. Verse 13, he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. And Simon, he surnamed Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of name, James, and he surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder, and Andrew and Philip, and Bartholomew and Matthew, Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into a house. So we studied through the book of Mark, the Lord has put us into the middle of a sub-study. We've kind of pulled over and parked right here. We've been studying these 12 disciples. We've noticed some things about them, some things that have encouraged us, some things that have troubled us, some things that have identified with us, some things that uh, we can see with their weaknesses and their frailties, and we certainly can connect with them on those areas. And tonight we're going to look at Thaddeus. He is the... Tenth name mentioned in this list here in the book of Mark, chapter number three. We stop to realize that these are just common, everyday, ordinary, plain men. And if God can use these common, ever ordinary, plain men, maybe He can use us. And I got an email from someone who said, Well, Pastor, God's not calling apostles anymore, and so you shouldn't try to identify yourself as one. Y'all didn't listen to me very well, that whole message, did you? Or any of the messages. I'm not saying that we're trying to be apostles. I'm not saying that at all. I understand what an apostle is. I'm not saying I'm Apostle Darren. So let's just get off of that kick. Somebody's already been attacking me for preaching the Word of God, and it's someone who's a religious zealot. So I'm, if you're watching again tonight, I'm not saying that God's calling men to be new apostles. I'm not saying that. And then on the other side, if you're saying you're an apostle, and now you're going to get mad at me because I say there are no more apostles. Apostle, according to the Bible, has to be someone who has seen a resurrected, glorified Christ. Amen. Amen. And I've not. So, but I am a disciple of Christ. Preacher Darren, you're not a disciple. The word disciple, methetes, means follower. I am a follower. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? So just know that we're people taking notice of what we're preaching more than just here in the sanctuary this evening. Amen. Now, all 12 of these men are very different. They differ very uniquely. They have different temperaments, different, per different personalities, different characteristics, different talents, but it's their commitment to Christ that welds them and brings them all together. And it is true tonight that God has made every one of us 
very different. We have different temperaments. We have different personalities. We have different uh, trends that all of us are, are involved in. But there's one thing that brings us together, and it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says his blood has made us one. So I'm encouraged also that when I look at these men, God had a place for them in the kingdom with the exception of Judas by his own free will and choice. He walked away from a place of salvation. I believe that. And I also believe tonight that we have a place in the kingdom of God. One thing that I really marks these men to me, and anybody that's really a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is their humility. Every person that gets saved, a born-again believer, must humble themselves and call on the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a bit of humility. Do you see that? When you got saved, you had to humble yourself and call on Jesus Christ. Amen. And these men were men that had to humble themselves and admit they were wrong and the Lord Jesus Christ was right. Amen. So tonight I want to think about Thaddeus being the humble disciple. Every true disciple, every follower is to deny self, take up the cross, and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a lowliness of mind. The, the more we grow in the Christian life, you know how things grow? Everything that is starts out small and it grows bigger. And the more we grow in the Christian life, the lower we go. Think about what I just said right there. It is a low estimate of self. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 11, and I want to quote just exactly what he said. In verse 29, he said, I am meek and lowly in heart. If we're going to follow Jesus, he is humble, he is meek and lowly in heart. If we're going to follow Jesus, we must be humble. We must be lowly in heart as well. Amen? That's how we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Pride, genuine pride, will not take a step really following the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about 1 Peter chapter number 5. Turn there with me. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want you to see what Simon Peter had to say. When you think about Simon Peter, do you think about someone who was filled with pride? Do you think about someone who often wrestled his pride? Uh, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I pray for you that your faith fail not. Remember that? And, and, and Simon said, oh, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. I'm going to, go you. I'm going to go with you all the way, even to the death. He's a man filled with pride. Now, Simon Peter, after the Lord was crucified, buried and risen again, Simon Peter began to get a whole new attitude on things. And he writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. And here's a man who wrestled pride, and he's telling you and me that we need to be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Ephesians chapter 4, we see Apostle Paul as he begins to write about humility. And there's so many of these verses. I'm just trying to pick a few. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. Paul writing, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you 
that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another with, or excuse me, in love. There is a continual calling for you and I as disciples, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to be humble. We don't need prideful preaching. We don't need prideful pews. We need humility in the pulpit. There's been often times when the preacher, if he would have went down the way he came up there, we'd have had a different service. You see what I'm saying? We don't need pride in our pulpits, and yet we're filled with it. In Isaiah chapter 66, Preacher Darren, you're doing a lot of turning tonight. No, you are. With me, amen. Isaiah 66, verse number 2. Look what the Lord says about humility. I mean, it's just continual. It's probably in every book of the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 62. For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to them that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. God said that he would look to you if you would humble yourself. Paul says, humble yourself. Peter says, humble yourself. Well, I think about the book of Micah, right after the book of Jonah, the book of Micah, chapter number 6. Preach near too much of this. No, no, not enough. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? Matthew, Micah 6, 8. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? I think of Moses, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. The man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. For honor, honor is before humility. You see that? So in other words, if you want to have honor, it starts way down. You want to have honor with God, you got to humble yourself before the Lord. You hear me? Before honor is humility. So when I think about Thaddeus, I think about humility. Number one, I think about his passion. Now, we're going to go back to the book of Mark. Chapter number three, and just want to I want you to see this in Mark chapter three, what the Bible says exactly about Mark chapter three, his name, it simply plainly calls him and Thaddeus. You know what his name means? It's actually a nickname. You know what his name means? Mama's boy. He's a mama's boy. Probably got that nickname maybe by the other disciples. Maybe he's the youngest sibling in his family. Maybe he's the last one at home. Maybe he's the caboose of the family. But when you're the baby, the baby is usually passed down a lot of influence. My daddy, if you're watching that, hello. Dad told me how that grandma was a good seamstress and his older brother would wear out a pair of blue jeans and grandma would patch them and give my dad hand-me-downs. His brother always got the new stuff. 
Dad always got the hand-me-downs. Things were all, say amen if you know about this. Things were always passed down to him. He said, I never, ever got anything new. I got things passed down to me. There were good things passed down to me, praise God for it. And there was difficult challenges passed down to me as well. Influences that were not always for the best. Amen. That gets passed down in the family. And if you're the baby, you're going to have to learn what is right and what is wrong. And you're going to have to have a degree of resilience. You're going to have to have a degree of toughness, if I could say that. And may I say that in ministry, all kinds of influences are passed by me every day. Some are great and good, and some are very negative and bad. And these influences will press against you. There are various challenges. There are various issues. I'm talking about your everyday life. You have things that are passed down to you, things that press on you. Amen. Influences that are good, influences that are bad. And you have to have resilience and choose what is the right thing and follow it. Amen. You cannot always take the path of least resistance. You have to be committed to doing what is right. I know a lot of preachers tonight, they'll preach it in the pulpit, but the minute they have to make a decision and lead the church, they try to get away from it and blame it on somebody else. Because I'm telling you to have to make the choice in ministry and lead someone, it's going to take some resilience and it's going to take some thick skin. He is, listen, he's a mama's boy. He's tender, but he's going to have to have thick skin. You've got to have a tender heart and some rhinoceros skin. Y'all okay with that statement? So his name is Thaddeus. It is a nickname. It means mama's boy. Now, if we turn to Mark, or Matthew, we're in Mark. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 3. Middle of the list in the book of Matthew. Middle of the list. Philip. Verse 3, and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Levius, whose surname was Thaddeus. Here, he's called Levius. Some people call him Levius. It's another nickname. It means heart child. It means he has a childlike heart. The mama's boy has a childlike heart. That means he has a tender heart. Heart. You know somebody has a tender heart? In his life, he's had to, as the baby, experience and exhibit some toughness, but he's also one that has some tenderness. I want to say it like this. He has an iron fist inside a velvet glove. That's what you need. You need to have an iron fist with a velvet glove. Now, we're just talking here. Let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter number 6. Luke, chapter number 6. Preacher Darren, you're getting me confused with all this turning. Well, you'll know your Bible better. Luke, chapter number 6. We read in verse 16. He calls him Judas, the brother of James, and... Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. So this young man's name, if you'll hear it, his name is Judas. His nickname is Thaddeus, mama's boy. 
His nickname is Libius, which means heart child. His real, actual God birth given name by his parents is Judas. I can read it to you in Acts chapter 1 as well. And you're going to go ahead and be turning to John 14. That's a beautiful chapter, by the way. And you're just going to hold place right there in John chapter 14. Well, look at verse 22. John 14, 22. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. So there's two Judases amongst the group. Judas means Jehovah leads. You've got to be sensitive to God's leadership in your life. If you're going to learn to be humble, you have to know who the leader is. If you're going to follow, you need to know who the leader is. Here's a man who has a tender heart, who has tough skin, but he's learned to submit himself to God's leadership. This is his passion. He recognizes when God is leading and he makes a conscious step to step out and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We must make a conscious step to follow the leadership, the direction that God gives us. We're to become obedient to the voice and the guidance of Almighty Christ. Listen, there are people that are following Jesus today. And then there are people that hear his voice. There are people that feel his leading, his prompting, his guidance in their life. And they choose to reject it and march to the beat of their own drum and chart their own course. I want to say to anybody not listening to me that you've decided that on this issue you've been praying about and God's been prompting, he's been leading you and showing you what to do. And you don't really much care for how he's leading you. And you're willing to reject that and kind of go your own way on this and then say I'm going to come back to it later on. I just want to warn you, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, preacher Darren, I'm saved. You realize he could take you off this earth anytime he wants to for your direct disobedience. You must make a conscious choice to follow the will of the, and the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ and Thaddeus passion was to follow the Lord and to do that which was right. Thank God for it. I think about the young man William Borden who was an heir to the Borden estates. I mean a great estate. Went to Yale University. He he's got right with God. He started a Bible study. Just a few came his freshman year. His sophomore year it doubled. His uh, junior year it more than quadrupled. His senior year, there were thousands of people at Yale, let me say it again, Yale, Y-A-L-E, University, thousands of people coming to Bible study, getting saved under the leadership of William Borden. William Borden had the, the countless millions of dollars in the estate, but he said, I don't really, I'll give it away, I don't want it, all I want is Jesus. He surrendered to be a missionary. God was calling him to be a missionary. He believed that God was calling him, he followed that. He started on his journey. At the age of 25 years old, he contracted a disease and died in Egypt and never made it to the actual mission field where he was going. Setback after setback after, well, preacher Darren, then God didn't really call him. That's what you may say. But William Borden wrote in the back of his Bible, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. He was all in 
for the leadership and the guidance of the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. I want to say to you tonight, do you have reserves that you're holding back rather than putting it all on the line for Christ? Do you have regrets? I'm telling you, things you're holding back, honey, I'm telling you, you need to go forward. No retreats, no regrets, no reserves. You need to have passion for the things of Christ. Number two, I think about his provision. Now, you're in the book of Luke here, and, or when we've moved over now to John, so we won't turn again. But every time Thaddeus is mentioned, and we've read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we didn't look at Acts, but every time he is in the third of three groups. The first group, we know it's Peter, James, John, and Andrew. The second group is always led by Philip, and the other three that follow are always the same, but in different orders. Then we come to the third group. The third group is always led by James the Less. Then you have Thaddeus, you have Simon the Canaanite. He's also called a zealot. He was a former terrorist. Do you understand what group he's working with? He's in the group with James the Less. He said, I'm James the Least. He's the least. And he looks, okay, I've got James the Least. Well, okay, he's the least. At least he admits it. And then I look around over here, and I've got Simon, the zealot, the former terrorist, the admitted Canaanite. Why, he's difficult to work with. And then the other one I've got to work with is Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. I mean, you might think in that last group of four, there's some difficult people that's surrounding his life that he has to work with. Now, I just want to point this out. This came to me. All of us, maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's somebody you work with. You have difficult people that you work with every day. Difficult people you have to meet with at Christmas and Thanksgiving time. And you don't just go get to select another family. Some people, uh, they may say, well, I have a difficult teacher, I'm going to transfer schools. I have a difficult boss, so I'm going to get a new job. How many of us realize it doesn't really work like that? You may run, but you can't hide because when you go to your new job, guess what? They're going to be somebody difficult there well. Amen? Difficult. So what do we do when we find ourselves around difficult people? You ought to pray for them teachers. They have to work with me every day. A mark of maturity is the patience and the long-suffering that you have with those that God has put in your life. Don't forget, Judas is scared. It's not there accidentally. Jesus chose him. He had a divine appointment. Simon the Zealot, the former terrorist, was called of Christ. James the less, the least, was called by Christ and put in Thaddeus' life. God has put some people that rub you the wrong way in your life. 
And it was not an accident. It's not because you sinned. God's got them there in your life to cause you to grow spiritually and to cause you to mature. Now, I don't know this, but I just got this question came to my mind. Jesus sent his disciples out how? Two by two. So I, I think out of the first group, they went two by two out of the first group, two by two out of the second group. I wonder who got to go with Judas. Maybe it was this Judas, Thaddeus, Levius. He got to go out with, now preacher Darren, the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And it applies to marriage. It applies to partnerships. It applies to ministry. Yes, it does. But don't forget, Judas Iscariot is there by divine appointment of God. And the Lord has linked them together and called them to go out together. I'm telling you, Jesus knew about the difficulties and Thaddeus could work with the difficult. I have a question for you, Christian. Have a question for you, believer in Christ. Have a question for you, disciple. Have a question for you that's denied yourself and taken up the cross that you might follow Jesus. How are you doing with those who are difficult in your life? Are you short with them? Are you mean to them? Do you give them the time of day? And you say you'll bear the cross. I'm telling you, the Lord wants to grow you up as a person. He wants you to move forward, pulling the load, helping the discouraged while they're pressing you down. You have got, you have got to learn to get along with each other and be a team player and move forward for the cause of Christ. You must rise above the difficulties. You must learn to be a peacemaker. Is this on? Hello, hello? Are y'all hearing me? Life is not easy. And it's made more difficult when we get up. <laughs> and more difficult when we go to work. Or when we go to church. Or when we go to Walmart. Or whatever grocery store you got to and you tried to hide around the corner. God will allow difficult people to enter into your life. And you can't run and hide behind the little Debbie cakes. Hello? Preacher Darren, what am I going to do? Look for common ground. Be positive. Be patient. Has God ever put you in a situation where you had to get along with someone that's difficult? i never forget there was one feller. I mean, he was mean to everybody coming and going. And finally that man died. There was a woman, she always said the best stuff about everybody. I've never heard that lady say anything bad about nobody. And we was all lined up when that man died. And she was coming down to view the body, what she was going to say. And she got up to the family and she said, well, I'll tell you this, he's the best whistler I ever heard. That's the truth. She found something good to say. 
So can you find something good? As, well, preacher, Dan, it don't come to my mind. It's because it's marking your maturity and it's marking your spirituality because you're consumed with the negatives, consumed with the problems. And we need to learn to rise above the problems. Thank God for it. I think Thaddeus is an example for us. He, he for the sake of higher purposes, a divine calling, kept the team together. Though one of them was a devil. Amen. Thirdly, and I'll be done. Now, we're in John 14. I've read, started reading verse 22, and I stopped. Because I want to find out why Judas is speaking. It's the only time he speaks, Thaddeus, Lebius, the only time he speaks that I can find. I want to find out why he is responding. Why is he asking a question? What's, what's, what did Jesus say? Let's look at verse 21. It's important. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know what, this, you know what he's saying? You need to have a love for Jesus Christ. You need to love him with your mind. Some people, I've had people say, well, it's just a cult down there. Like you're just mindlessly entering into following Christ. Coming to church, singing in the choir, listen to me, get all lathered up and foam at the mouth and preach that you're just under a cult and under a spell. It's mindless. If you have his commandments, they enter your mind and you, God will give you understanding. You may not understand everything, but it gives you some sense about some things. He gives you wisdom and understanding that you may receive the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when his commandments enter your mind, like a waterfall, they overflow and cascade into your heart. You love him then, not with just your mind, but you love him with all your heart every fiber of your being and with every emotion that you have. And somehow that fire that comes from your mind and gets in your heart brings combustion and it affects and gives the fuel for your will. And then you'll not just say you love him, but your actions and your will and your choices and your decisions woo, will be affected by the love of Christ, you will choose to pick up the cross and follow him no matter the storm, no matter the difficulty, no matter who it is in your life. You just love him no matter what. Mind, heart, and will loves Jesus. Are y'all okay? Loves Jesus Christ all the way. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 22. Judas saith unto him, not is scared. I'm glad it said that. That's important. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? How is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us? You know what he just said? I love you. You're going to manifest yourself to me because I love you. Why are you not manifest yourself to the world? 
Why would you manifest yourself to me? Here's what he's saying. Why me, Lord? Why? Why? Why would you reveal and manifest yourself to little old me? Who am I? Who am I that you would be mindful of me? Why would you look my direction? Why, why would you choose me, Lord? Why not manifest yourself to the whole world? It makes no sense to reveal yourself to little old me. I'm just one in billions. What can I do? Who am I, Lord? You see the humility that every one of us ought to have? You ought to say, often every day, I'll say, why me, Lord? Why would you bless me with salvation? Why would you bless me with the power and the strength to get up today and go to work? Why would you bless me to let me come to church? Lord, why would you bless me with a good family? Why would you bless me with a roof over my head? Why would you bless me with a pair of shoes and a necktie around my neck? God, why would you bless me with a good wife? Why would you bless me with wonderful children? Why would you bless me with a grand new granddaughter? Why me, Lord? Why would you do that for me? Woo! Why? I don't tell you where it started. When Thaddeus made a conscious choice and says, you know what? I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, before honor is humility. Before those blessings came, there was humility. Who did God say he would look to? He that is of a poor and of a contrite spirit. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the... Why me, Lord? You know what it is? It's because you decided somewhere time back to humble yourself. And the devil said, you're a fool. That's weakness. Do not mistake Moses' meekness as weakness. It was strength, amen. Strength under control, I'm telling you. And God blessed him and gave him honor because he humbled himself before the Lord God. Amen. The word manifest means that he's going to show his hidden presence. In other words, he's there the whole time. He's there the whole time. But he's going to manifest himself and show you woo, where he is and what he's doing. I, I, a poor illustration. Driving down the road and God gave me this. You take, for instance... A radio station, bing, sending signals out to its radio frequency, bing, bing, bing. It's broadcasting. It's it's there the whole time. I didn't get an amen in the house. All right, let's let's just talk about transmission of signals. Let's talk about. Uh, uh, you don't want to talk about that, do you? Do you get it? That do you understand how radio works? Some of y'all y'all got so modern you forgot how the radio worked. Preacher, I don't understand how the radio works. Have you ever cut it on? Yeah, preacher Darren, but all I get is static. Well, tuning into the right channel that's broadcasting, and you will receive the signal, and you will listen to what's being said and what's being broadcast and transmitted. It is going to reveal to you what was there the whole time. The signal was there the whole time, but when you get dialed in on the right channel to the right frequency, now you can pick up what's being said and done. Preacher Darren, what are you saying? I'm telling you that Jesus 
is here tonight. Y'all hear what I said? Jesus, not the president. Jesus, not the Supreme Court. Not all nine of them. Not any one of them. Jesus, <laughs> the creator and the savior of the world, is here tonight. And he said, I will manifest myself to the one who would humble himself and love me. And when you humble yourself and love him, he said, my father will love you and I will love you. And I have news for you. Let me just, I'm going to make an announcement, see if I get an amen. He already did. Let me rephrase that. He already does. He always has. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Can, can I read a little further? And Judas, not as scary, said, Lord, how is it thou it manifest thyself unto us, not the world? Why me, Lord? Why would you choose to do that for me? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And there's a two-letter word right there. What is it? We. You ought to underline that. He didn't say he. He said we. We. Who is we? God the Father. God the Son. Just hang on a little bit. We're going for God the Holy Ghost as well. Amen. We woo, will come unto him and will make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Woo! These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto you, peace I leave with you, and my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Preacher Darren, how can my heart not be troubled? Why should I not have fear? If you'd humble yourself and love him, he said, I'll give peace to you, peace that passes all understanding. Woo! Glory to God. This is helping me tonight. I needed this so bad. It's helping me, amen. Peace, I'm going to give you peace, not as the world gives. I mean, how does the world give? First of all, it don't give. And second of all, what little it gives, it tries to use what it gives to destroy you with. And thirdly, when it gives, it may, I won't say what it's called, but it may take it away. The world may give and the world may take away. Amen. And let me just say this now, what's going on a ledge. I may need an amen right here. But the Lord won't leave me hanging in a tree. Honey, the world doesn't really have anything to give you. Nothing that is worth eternity. So I'm going to ask a question. Are you dialed in by humility, love, and obedience? Are you one to whom God would look of a poor and of a contrite spirit? We have nothing in our life of any eternal significance that God has, that, but, that, but that God has pleased to give us. 
everything you have of eternal significance, God pleased, God was pleased to give it to you. Why me, Lord? Because you humbled yourself and you started following a Savior named Jesus. Thaddeus, the humble, tender, but tough disciple. Stand to your feet, church, please. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to study the infallible, inerrant Word of God. And Lord, there are truths tonight that you brought out. It's not even in the message, God, not even in my notes. And I thank you, Father, for meeting with us tonight. Father, I ask your blessing then upon our time together. And Father, would you take the message and help us, God, as we face difficult people or difficult days that we might find a way to rise above by the power of Christ. And Lord, if we humble ourselves and ask your help with it, I'm persuaded you'd speak peace to it. And Lord, you may not take away the storm and you may not take away the difficulty, but you'll give me peace about it while it's being said. Lord, there's been times this week when I was confronted and I got revved up inside and you just said, whoop, I got this. And I just got to stand there and watch you just take care of it. I didn't have to open my mouth. God, thank you. You're so good to us. Why me, Lord? Why would you manifest your heaven, your son to me? Who am I? Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.